All right. Welcome to the Optimistic Realist MD. Welcome back, everyone. Yeah, another beautiful day out here in nature. Hopefully you're enjoying it, yeah. taking advantage of it. Yeah, it's a... Um, it's getting a little bit better. As you can see, our social distancing went from about eight feet to now about what? Let's say four feet. Four feet. Yeah. So, yeah. We're, there. Yeah, so we're 50% there. Yeah. Uh, eventually, we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm confident we will. <laughs> but, yeah, but today we're going to talk about uh, something interesting. Something that's dear to my heart since yeah. this is the crux of my specialty. Yeah, and... Very personal to me since it affects me as well. And yeah, so we're you've done a lot at helping me improving my quality of life. So I thank you for that. Yeah, no, yeah. no problem. Yeah. Yep. So we are going to talk about the thyroid. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is right here around this area. Okay. So a thyroid is like a little butterfly-like gland. Um, it's located. Actually, I think I'll I'll, I'll have you demonstrate because you have a slightly longer neck than I do. Over here. Yep. So right by the Adam's apple. Yep. So locate your Adam's apple. And then you'll come down. Okay. You'll feel a little dimple there. That's the coracoid cartilage. You want to go down. And right before, so somewhere between your Adam's apple and this notch here by your uh, breastbone would be the thyroid. Okay. So somewhere in between here, you know, that's where the thyroid is. Now, when when I was a um, when I was doing more teaching as a medical attending, it was it was also always fun to watch the uh, residents and the medical students struggle to find the thyroid. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see them. It's like, oh yeah, go go ahead and examine the thyroid, and they'll go and they'll be like, they'll be everywhere. They'll be like feeling it's like not the tonsils, the thyroid. <laughs> yeah, they'll yeah. be like up here, down here. No, it's right down here. Yeah. Between the Adam's apple and the and the mm -hmm. sternal notch there, um, yeah. So a lot of people have uh, told me the interesting thing with the thyroid is that it's a tiny little gland, you know, usually about actual size, about maybe like one. Probably the volume is similar to about one tablespoon. That's small, huh? Yeah, and and it's but controlled, but affects almost every single organ yeah. system in the body. Metabolism, yeah, every cell. So right. Yeah. Right, so it's um, in uh, a funny story. I remember when I was a resident uh, in internal medicine, and I remember this very clearly because I was talking to one of my colleagues, mm -hmm. and I was like, well, I don't understand why people specialize in thyroid because it's either high or low. You treat or you don't treat. There's, there's like, not much to it. Yeah. You know, but now after 12 years of treating thyroid. And having me as a patient. <laughs> <laughs> so after 12 years, you finally decided that we actually don't know that much about the thyroid. Yeah. You know? I mean, I feel it's a lot more complex than that. Like we were just speaking about this before. That's an autoimmune disease, but a lot of outside factors affect that as well. So Right, right. So, and yeah, and it, and it turns out that we actually don't know you know, well, well, we know a lot about thyroid, but we, but it's only really the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. You know, there's still a lot about the thyroid we don't really understand. Like with whole, like goiter and everything, they know iodine yeah, deficiency well, may be well, causing we, it. And, and even when it comes to like treatment. Yeah. Okay. Because now there are some question about, you know, just treating with a certain medication is enough. Uh, and, 
and that's hoping, you know, hopefully sometimes in the near future we'll have more studies mm-hmm. um, to, to answer all these questions. Well, even with me, I think we went through three different thyroid treatments I was doing. Yeah. 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 And, and I think in a separate talk, we'll go over the whole thyroid treatment too. Because mm-hmm. that, that is a pretty involved topic on its own. Yeah. Um, so what is the role of a thyroid? Any, any guesses? For me? Yeah. I, I, I have my cheat sheet here. Your cheat so. sheet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I teach my students this a lot, but people usually notice a common symptom or side effect of a hypothyroid or low is easy weight gain because that person has a slow metabolism. Right. So really it controls the metabolism of every cell in the body. Right. And um, okay. it actually, if I'm not mistaken, but it behaves like a steroid hormone, even though it's a protein. Because it affects every cell. Yeah. Yeah. Can, yeah, I think that's true for almost uh, think almost it, all the hormones. Yeah, I think for um, epinephrine is like that too, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, and people who are hyperthyroid, have high, they're usually very skinny. Like sometimes they're strung out, have anxiety, and that's kind of the baseline of what I feel that the thyroid does right. too. But it could also affect mood, you know, yeah. if sleep it could affect if you if you have hyperthyroid it's kind of like drinking caffeine all the time you're gonna Mm -hmm. have insomnia whereas i know when i was diagnosed i was falling asleep at six o'clock and then waking up five o'clock a.m the next morning to do what i had to do and at the time that's what i needed you know i remember you were even shocked because when i first came to you i really wasn't overweight but i just i forced myself to work out still and right i I wasn't hungry so i didn't eat well i was (laughs) surprised that you even functioned at all (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but actually at that time you were much younger so yeah, that's you know yeah, that's, was, that's that's sort of the advantage of youth is that you know you you could have no thyroid hormone and yeah, still that's, function that's what got me through definitely yeah mm-hmm. yeah imagine if you're in like in the 40s like me without thyroid hormone i'll probably be dead <laughs> <laughs> yeah so the role of thyroid and 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 this is interesting cuz i said it almost encompasses every single um Almost every single organ system in the body. Mm -hmm. So, uh, like you said, it regulates metabolism, uh, regulates because of the regulation of metabolism is that it also affects body weight. Mm -hmm. Um, It also affects bone and bone development. Okay, so it plays a a pretty uh, important role in terms of the um, uh, bone metabolism. Yeah. Well, I think you could even become a, uh, if you're deficient in before puberty, you could become, I mean, even mental uh, capabilities slow down too, right, and you could be right, a dwarf. Yeah. But Yeah, so we're yeah. getting to that. So, oh, the other thing, uh, heart function. That so makes it, sense. So it affects your heart contractility, how how much your heart contracts, mm-hmm. uh, also your heart rate. Obviously, yeah. So if your thyroid is too high, usually it's associated with faster heart rate. If it's too low, usually associated with lower heart rate. Mm-hmm. Uh, muscle strength. So thyroid hormone is very important in terms of uh, regulating your um, uh, muscle health. So more thyroid would be more muscle strength? Well, well, you, well, you need a balance. Okay. Because if you are too hyperthyroid or if your thyroid is too overactive. You could attack the muscle, right? Right. Then, yeah. then, then you basically break down your muscle to yeah. provide... Um, uh, sustenance for your body. Yeah, that's why I asked. That was an interesting right. point. Yeah. But but if you are hypothyroid, um, you have more water infiltration into the muscles. Hmm. Um, and 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 it's interesting too because if you look at 
uh, you know, especially young men who are hypothyroid, they can actually look very muscular. Really? But but then what, what it is is that they have a lot of uh, water infiltration to their muscles. Huh. So, so even though they look muscular, they have very profound weakness because of that. Interesting. Yeah. Is that kind of, does that have to do with the creatine levels in muscle? Because I know if someone takes creatine, it makes you retain water in the muscles too. A good question. I, right. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, but but that's one of the effects because once you start treating, let's say if you're hypothyroid, and once you start treating it, um, most people do have water weight loss. Interesting. Because you know, uh, their body retains a little bit more water. Yeah. Uh, body temperature. If you're hyperthyroid, you tend to develop more heat intolerance. Mm-hmm. Body temperature goes up. Hypothyroid. Uh, body temperature tends to go down. Yeah, which I remember vividly when I was hypothyroid, I would be cold all the time. Like fingers would go cold and numb. So that's the truth. (laughs) And nervous system function, also very important. Mm -hmm. Okay, And especially in... in, uh, Reflexes. Well, reflexes, but also uh, pregnant women, uh, especially in the first trimester, because this is where the baby's neurologic system develops. Mm-hmm. So this includes their spinal cord, brain, and and this is also the the period of time where it's uh, very crucial to make sure you have enough thyroid hormone in your system. Mm-hmm. Um, and if not, uh, there are some studies that have shown what well, well, if you have no thyroid hormone or very low thyroid hormone during pregnancy you can um, your baby can develop cretinism mm-hmm. which is associated with profound um, uh, learning disorders mm-hmm. uh, but there are some more controversial studies too that have shown that um, children born to women who are even subclinically hypothyroid so mildly hypothyroid can maybe have some learning disorders or, really? or a higher risk of learning disorders later That's on. That's interesting. And so it's almost like the fetus isn't really capable of producing its own or enough of the thyroid hormone itself. Uh, not until around somewhere between 26 and 29 weeks. That's interesting. Yeah, because that... That, that's when the baby develops yeah. his or her own thyroid. So it relies on the mother. Right, right. So, that so makes before sense. that time, they're completely reliant on the mother for the thyroid hormone. Very interesting. Um, it also has a strong effect on lipid metabolism. Okay, so... Which is so, why people that are hyper have less fat, right? Yeah, so so lipid metabolism, so if you're hypothyroid, you tend to have a higher... You, you can have a higher cholesterol, mm-hmm. higher triglycerides. Um, hyper, the opposite. Yeah. Um, but this is probably why it's also tied into um, uh, some increasing cardiovascular risks too. You know, with the, both hyper and hypothyroid for for different reasons. Yeah. Hyperthyroidism um, is associated with increased arrhythmias. Yeah. Or excess stress on the heart too. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned this mood. Mm-hmm. So thyroid hormone is very important in terms of affecting mood. Yeah. Um, in fact, if you look at, um, if you if you look at the the workup for psychiatric conditions, you know, let's say if somebody shows up in the hospital depressed. Okay. Well, in part of their protocol, the testing always involves thyroid. That makes sense. Okay, because yeah. if the thyroid turns out is extremely low, well, there's a good chance that the depression may be associated with the hypothyroidism, and treating that may help it. Yeah. Um, you also see this in the, 
uh, in the geriatric population. So in the elderly population is that sometimes hypothyroidism can be mistaken for dementia. Oh. Because they get more withdrawn, they get more forgetful, they don't feel... That makes uh, sense. Right, right. They, yeah. they, they're, they're more tired. So, so a lot of times is that they, it, it can't get mistaken for dementia. Yeah, that's a really good point. Right. Yeah. And, and then when you treat it, you know, everything goes back to normal. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, even, uh, even psychosis... Because if you're extremely hypothyroid, you, you can't develop psychosis. Mm. You know, so you can develop some abnorm- abnormality in thinking. That's actually a really good point. What about, yeah. like, what about hyperthyroid and anxiety? Is there any correlation with that? Like people that suffer from extreme anxiety? Yeah, so hypothyroidism. So if your thyroid is low, it's more um, associated with depressed mood, mm-hmm. you know, more withdrawn. Um, hyperthyroidism is usually associated with more anxiety, irritability, mm-hmm. um, hyperactivity yeah. type of problem. But I have to say, uh, I, I do have a lot of patients where these mood symptoms uh, seem to overlap. You know, I, I, I do have patients who become more um, anxious when they're hypothyroid. When they're hypothyroid. Right. Interesting. And... And and the uh, vice versa too is that patients become more depressed when they're hyperthyroid. So you know, mood is I I would say the not everybody is textbook perfect. Yeah. So you have to look at the uh, the whole clinical picture. Yeah, because you could even think when you just said people who are hyperthyroid and they get depressed, that might not be because of the thyroid. Maybe they're just not getting enough sleep, and that's right. the reason that they're depressed. Right. And I remember, yeah, this was. Probably around the time that I that I first started seeing you, mm-hmm. like back when it was like a young doctor. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it was the first year I went. Like, was it your first or, first or second? I know it was pretty early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Back back in the days of the young eager yeah. years. This was like you know? fifteen years ago, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I so I remember I also had another young patient who showed up, and she came came and you know she was told that she has thyroid problems. Of course. Um, you know, she didn't have any of her information with her, so I was assessing her, and I could swear that she was hyperthyroid. You know, I, mm. I, I almost prescribed her hyperthyroid medications when, when, when she was at the office, but then I decided to hold off for a few days. Maybe I'll check her thyroid level again and see. Well, it turns out she was extremely hypothyroid. Interesting. Yeah, she almost had no thyroid hormone. I, I don't remember her TSH was around like almost 300. Wow. You know, with a low T3 and T4. Yeah. So. Um, it so, affects so everyone differently, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and I remember at that time thinking, it's like, wow, she's so hyper already when she's hypothyroid. <laughs> Maybe she was just jacked wonder, up in caffeine. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what would happen if I actually give her a thyroid yeah. hormone. No, and, and she did great. I, yeah. I, I, I think her, her symptoms improved. She actually became less hyperthyroid yeah. and you know, hyperactive yeah. you know, after the thyroid. Do you think there's any connection with people diagnosed with ADHD and thyroid? Well, well there's a lot of um, – uh, well, well, that's one of the things is, is, is that if you look at uh, work up for any psychiatric or learning mm-hmm. um, a disability in children is that it, it also involves checking the thyroid profile. Yeah, and 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 this is true. Um, you know, I've seen uh, uh, children who are diagnosed as being hyperactive or 
or, or poor, you know, school performances. Yeah. And it turns out it was the thyroid. Because once you correct that. makes a that, lot of sense. Yeah. yeah once you correct that, they do great. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and, and kids tend to manifest it a little differently than adults. They don't have the, like, the anxiety, the irritability, you know, jitteriness, palpitations. Uh, it, it just might be a change in their behavior. Mm. You know, all of a sudden they stop doing as well at school. They stop paying attention. They're more hyperactive. They're more, you know, uh, uh, they're more uh, irritable or if they're just more um, lethargic as yeah. usual. Uh, and, 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 and again, those, those would warrant a workup just to make sure that the thyroid is working well. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And, and treating it does correct these symptoms. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, as you can see, you know, thyroid does affect all different aspects of the body. Of the body. Yeah. And I probably get this question a lot, you know, and people are always surprised by the answer. Like, how do you maintain a healthy thyroid? You know, and I, I think most... It's a loaded well, question. <laughs> well, what... what well, I think most patients think that there's like this uh, magic answer to that. Yeah. Like, like, oh, you know, take more iodine, eat this, take that. Uh, no, it's it's really just maintaining a healthy lifestyle. Yep. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, this is taken from the Mayo Clinic um, recommendation for maintaining healthy thyroid health. You know, increase dietary vegetable and fruit intake. <laughs> <laughs> Avoid processed and refined foods. Yep. Okay. Moderate alcohol. Right here. See, we're we're moderating. It's water. It, this, <laughs> this is really just. This is just for 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 effect. It's just to fill the table. We don't we don't really drink these things. But moderate alcohol and tobacco products. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maintaining adequate intake of iodine, and we'll go over what what is considered ad, uh, uh, adequate. Which I think. The typical American diet is pretty set with, right? Yeah, because we get pl- plenty of iodine mm-hmm. and um, and increasing physical activity and exercise. So, so if you look healthy at these diet, yeah, if you look at this, like, well, how how's that different from just maintaining a healthy lifestyle? Yeah, well, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, you know, it it is that to maintain a healthy thyroid, you just have to maintain a healthy lifestyle. You know, there's 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 no Magic bullet. There's no secret to it. Yep. Um, the the other thing is uh, one thing it didn't mention here. Um, uh, body weight. Mm-hmm. Okay. Keeping uh, avoiding uh, being overweight or obese. Yeah. Because uh, well, even last episode we were talking about that. That that's a breeding ground for a ton of other diseases. Right. You know, diabetes, right, right. heart disease. So. Yeah, because there because there is a detectable drop in actually active thyroid hormone or um or, or thyroid hormone activity in people who are overweight or obese mm-hmm. okay also including um if you have uh, uh any chronic conditions it, it it also decreases your thyroid function you know mostly because it diverts um and i guess we'll touch on that and well, i guess we can touch on it now so so your uh so your thyroid makes mostly t4 mm-hmm. so it makes about 80 to 85 percent t4 and then about 15, 20% T3. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you, so you rely on your organ systems to cleave that T4 to T3, which is the more metabolically active form yeah. of thyroid hormone to be used at the 
level of the organ system and at the cellular level. Yeah, and I always I always give my students the analogy of this too is that if you look at T four and T three, T four has got essentially one more iodide attached to it, and mm -hmm. it's bigger, so it can't get into the cells. So once it becomes smaller, it could sneak into the cells and affect yeah. the cell and increase the metabolism. Yeah, and and what, but with uh, if you have chronic conditions, is that you have a uh, as you cleave the T four. And maybe if I could find a graphic of this, I'll I'll put it up on the screen too. Is is when you uh, whether if you cleave at the T four at a certain site, you end up with reverse T three, which is a metabolically inactive hormone. Mm. Okay, but it still binds the T three receptor so that your T three can't really act on that receptor. Interesting. So so if you look at people who are acutely ill or people with chronic illnesses, is is that they may have a lower T uh, three activity, mm -hmm. even if their T three level is low. Is that with the reverse T3 there, they may be having uh, a lower activity. Well, that's what we thought happened with me. Because remember, I was just taking uh, uh, levothyroxine, which is just T4. Mm -hmm. And my blood, I think I was still at a high dose then, even when we first initially started, because my body just wasn't absorbing it. It was, yeah. um, But um, I remember the time when I came in, you looked at my blood work, like, are you taking your thyroid medicine? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the T3 was so low because there was probably my body's not converting T4 into T3 like it should. Right. So which could be another condition that people can have. Yeah, so so that's that's the controversial area. I think that's the area that we need more study is to look at, you know, whether people do have this condition where they have a decrease in conversion of T4, T3. Mm -hmm. and, and we'll talk about more of that when, when we when we talk about more in, in terms of actually treating thyroid disease. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so if, if you, so the key is just to maintain a healthy lifestyle. I mean, there's no, there's no magic to it. It's kind of the key to everything, <laughs> <laughs> but bad food tastes good. So, <laughs> so, uh, so it's boring, you know, and, yeah. and I, and I remember I gave a talk about this a year ago and people just look at it and be like, well, that's. How's that different from just living a healthy lifestyle? Well, again, this is... That's why we live a healthy style. Right, right. This, uh, yeah, because when you live a healthy lifestyle, yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're uh, living a healthy lifestyle not to just protect your thyroid. You're protecting your health overall. Mm -hmm. uh, um, so how much iodine should we be taking? Okay, so, so this is from the uh, recommendation from the American Thyroid Association. Okay. Okay, so for adult men and women, uh, recommendation is 150 micrograms per day. Okay. okay. Pregnant women, 220 micrograms per day. And breastfeeding women, uh, because they have to provide more iodine, 290 micrograms per day. Okay. So just to put that into context of how much it is, Okay, so if you look at food items that are high in iodine, okay, so uh, if you look at seaweed, mm -hmm. for example, so seaweed is associated with, you know, increased iodine. Mm -hmm. But seaweed, so one gram of seaweed would yield, depending on where you get the seaweed from, anywhere from 16 to 2,984 micrograms. Wow. <laughs> So, so, so I have to look into that more. I, yeah. I, I wonder, you know, where's the perfect place to get seaweed? Maybe from? the saltier the sea, the more. 
<laughs> I should I I should test the seaweed from my local sushi place, <laughs> and, then, and then and then make sure they're using high quality seaweed. Yeah. Yeah. So food that are high in in iodine, and uh, some of this may be surprising. Okay, some of the highest iodine containing food items we eat are are dairy products. Really? Yeah. So cheese, milk, eggs, yogurt, ice cream. Interesting. Yeah, and and the reason for it is is because of um, one is that uh, cow feeds will contain certain amounts of iodine, but the biggest uh, but but the bigger thing is that when uh, it has to do with what they use to disinfect the udders oh. when they when they milk the cows. That's interesting. Yeah, so so they use a iodine based compound to huh. disinfect the udders and to disinfect the 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 milking machinery. That's so 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 then some of that iodine then gets gets into the gets incorporated product. into yeah. the product. That's pretty interesting. Fun fact. Yeah, and some of the more uh, some some of the other things that are more associated with high iodine uh, seafood. Yeah. So saltwater fish, uh, shellfish, uh, seaweed. Mm-hmm. I think they even add it to just regular table salt, right? Most yep. table salt yep. is just I iodized table yeah. salt. Yeah. Okay. And uh, of course, what about mo- what about that pink sea salt? Would there be iodine in there? Like I think, naturally, I think the pink salt. I don't. I think those are the Himalayan yeah. salt. I, I'm not sure. I don't think those contain iodine. Yeah, probably not. Yeah, because those are mined. Those, yeah. those, those are because the table salt. It's chemically added, like right. a factory, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Because so the iodine's added to it. Um, also, uh, not as much now, but. Uh, in 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 big goods like bread and in 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 the past they they uh, used to use a a iodine based preservative okay to preserve the freshness of bread um i think that's been replaced by other chemicals now okay, okay but uh, that are probably more harmful for us <laughs> but they're cheaper so we'll use them hey hey who knows i buy a loaf of bread it stays in the cupboard good for 3 weeks yeah. <laughs> uh but but other things too that are being fortified with iodine now, soy milk, soy sauce. Mm-hmm. You know, are, so just going back to the amount. So again, uh, just to reiterate, adult men and women, 150 micrograms per day. Pregnant women, 220 micrograms per day. Breastfeeding women, 290 micrograms per day. So how does this associate with your diet? Well, if you eat one cup of plain yogurt. You're getting about seventy-five micrograms. Okay. Okay. So you already get seventy-five just from eating plain. That's uh, almost half of what you need. Right. A cup yeah. of plain yogurt. That's yeah. already half. A uh, quarter teaspoon of iodized salt will be seventy-one micrograms. Okay. So, so just there. I mean, if you, you have if you have a cup of yogurt plus a quarter teaspoon of iodized salt, which I don't think most Americans will have any problems with, <laughs> you're, you pretty much have your, your whole daily supply of iodine. Yeah, so that's obviously not the cause of most thyroid conditions in right. America. Yeah, milk, uh, one cup of milk has about 56 micrograms. Uh, enriched bread, so two slices of bread would be about 45 micrograms. And I think that might be a little lower now because I think this is based on the prior, mm-hmm. you know, when they use the iodine-based uh, preservatives. Uh, baked cod, three ounces of baked cod will yield 99 micrograms. 
Um, I don't know when was the last time you ate three ounces of cod. I probably eat like eight <laughs> ounces. <laughs> At least like 12, eight I, to 12 yeah, ounces. I don't, I don't think that would fill side. anyone up. <laughs> <laughs> or, or even shrimp, three ounces of shrimp. What is that, like two shrimp? <laughs> uh, three ounces of shrimp is 35 micrograms. Half a cup of ice cream is 30 micrograms. And, and who eats half a cup of ice cream? Yeah, who eats half a cup of ice eat cream the whole anyways? Pie, face right, it, right, right. right. <laughs> uh, cheese, uh, one ounce of cheese is 12 micrograms. And even fish sticks. You know, a fish sticks, I think, mostly are made out of, what, cod or flounder? Yeah, or, maybe. Or, or, or some type of white maybe fish. Maybe they're using uh, tilapia now because it's cheaper and yeah. doesn't taste like anything. Yeah, so, <laughs> so so they're usually made of saltwater fish. So we're looking at 54 micrograms there. Okay. Uh, so, so you can see it's not that difficult to get enough iodine no so so in the united states it's it's very difficult to be iodine deficient yeah you usually see this more in like third world countries where it is yeah. a nutrition yeah, deficiency and and, and and usually you see this in in countries that are landlocked yeah where, where they don't have where, where they're surrounded by mostly land and they don't have no very water. little access to any type of salt water mm-hmm. uh, so you but you know i said in the united states now because Food is shipped from everywhere, and there's seafood in every single state now. So yep. it's very difficult to get iodine deficient. Okay. So, yeah, so what are the causes of thyroid disease? Okay, so, you know, we can break this down to hyperthyroidism and hypothyroidism. So I feel like hypo is much more common, though. Would yeah. you agree? Hypo is much more common yeah. than hyper, yeah, but uh, but the most common cause of hyperthyroidism is is uh, what we call Graves' disease. Mm-hmm. So that falls in the spectrum of autoimmune thyroid disease. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when you develop a antibody that binds to the thyroid stimulating hormone receptor in the thyroid, and it uh, jacks up your thyroid. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> And basically, it just hijacks your thyroid, yeah, and it causes yeah. this uh, uncontrolled uh, activation of thyroid hormone production. Mm-hmm. Um, but other causes, you know, other common causes are uh, if you have a thyroid nodule that's overactive. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you can have a uh, we call a toxic adenoma. So um, thyroid nodules are we we used to think of thyroid nodules as being inert. They don't have any activity, but they actually do make thyroid hormone just a smaller, uh, to a smaller extent. Okay, but it's still extra thyroid hormone. But it, but it's still making thyroid hormone yeah. on on its own. That's not regulated by your body. So it doesn't respond to TSH. No. Okay. No. So it doesn't respond to the usual feedback mechanism. Mm-hmm. So if you're, um, so if this nodule gets pretty big, you know, what if you're, if it starts getting above 2.5 centimeters, 3 centimeters is that it attains enough mass that even though it's not as uh, uh, effective in terms of producing thyroid hormone as your own normal follicular cells in the thyroid, your own thyroid cells, but if you have enough mass, it will make enough thyroid hormone then to supersede your body's need. Interesting. So then you can become hyperthyroid from that. Gotcha. Okay. So it's actually making more thyroid hormone than your thyroid itself. Right, right. Or, or, or making more thyroid hormone than what your body needs. Yeah. You know, which, yeah. Uh, by definition, that puts you in the hyperthyroid state. Um, or you can develop what we call toxic multinodular goiter, 
when you have numerous nodules. Mm-hmm. And then if you add up the total mass of these numerous nodules is that it reaches that critical uh, mass to produce too much thyroid hormone. Interesting. Okay. So in, in those cases, will TSH just totally shut down its production and stop stimulating your actual thyroid? Yeah, so 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 in thyroid in hyperthyroid state is that the T three and T four will feed back into the hypothalamus and the pituitary, and it will shut off the production of TSH. So in in that case, the person who's hyperthyroid, their thyroid, their actual thyroid is not doing anything. It's just the nodules that are right. Yeah, yeah. So 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 basically, the nodules or the autoimmune thyroid disease has now taken over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and your body has 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 lost that uh, its own regulation. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the concepts that's very confusing. Um, you know, with the whole negative feedback and everything. With the whole negative yeah. feedback and and with TSH, because mm-hmm. I don't know how many patients have come in and said I I I was told by my doctor to come see you because my thyroid is is too high. And and when you look at it, it's like. They right. just test TSH. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. When you, when, you, when you look at it and when you finally get their blood test, you're like, oh, your TSH is too high. Well, if your TSH is too high, that means your thyroid yeah, hormone is actually too low. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, 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 and this is because of that, that feedback me- mechanism. Yeah. Is that if, you're, if your thyroid is not making enough thyroid hormone, if it's not making enough T3 or T4, it doesn't feed back to the hypothalamus and the pituitary. Yeah, so it's almost so, like the pituitary screaming at it to make more, but the thyroid's not listening. So right, it keeps right, pumping right. out more and more. Right, 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 right. So your pituitary pumps out more thyroid, more TSH to stimulate your thyroid to make more thyroid hormone. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, so this is a concept that I think a lot of people are very confused about. Is um, when when I tell them that their TSH is high, you know, a lot of them kind of look at me. It's like so. If my thyroid is high, then why are you giving me thyroid hormone? Like, that's not thyroid <laughs> hormone. That's why. Yeah. So, so then you have to explain the whole like you know the well, what well, usually what I tell them is like, oh, it's the opposite. You know, yeah, you know, yeah. It's like, it's like just look at the scale. If your thyroid hormone goes up, your TSH will go down. If your TSH, See, you know, if thyroid hormone goes down, your TSH will go up. See, I don't know what you think, but I guess it's just based upon my like my condition is that I have. I had both low TSH and low thyroid because my problem was my pituitary. Right. But I feel like whenever just any general practitioner tests for thyroid function, why not just test for all three? It's just an well, extra it, test, you know? Well, because for 99% of people out there, you know, screening the TSH will tell you if you have thyroid problem. So you're saying I'm a weirdo. Well, Thanks. well, you're you're special. <laughs> special. It's <laughs> a better word. <laughs> what that means, but, but what the, what that means is that you're in the exceptional one percent. I'm unique. <laughs> <laughs> no, but 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 most thyroid disease can't be picked up just by screening TSH levels. That makes sense. You know, and and then if the TSH is abnormal, then you go further and you and then you test, you know, T three, T four levels. Uh, thyroid antibodies yeah to see um but you can see how cases like yours would fall through the cracks if you just test tsh yeah because it was low right right because because if your pituitary is not making tsh you know then you know your tsh will come back at 0.5 for example and they'll assume that you're hyperthyroid yeah (laughs) (laughs) thankfully i got that full that that full spectrum of blood work done because i would have never figured it out right yeah yeah, and then there there are less 
there, there are also uh, a rare conditions that causes hyperthyroidism. So you can get a pituitary adenoma that makes too much TSH. Mm-hmm. So then that overstimulates the thyroid. I've, I've only seen that twice in my career. Yeah, I feel like that'd be rare. Yeah, so, so that's pretty rare. And you can also have um, a neoplastic disease. You can have a tumor that hypersecretes TSH. So, so one of the, the classic examples that we're always taught in uh, medical school is uh, struma ovarii. Okay. Which is you develop thyroid tissue inside one of your, your um, eggs, your ovaries, and, uh, um, and, and, and then that starts making thyroid hormone. Interesting. Yeah, so I've, I've only seen that once in medical school. It's the first I've ever heard of that. That's yeah. really interesting. Uh, uh, it's, it's very rare, but, yeah. but, but that's one of the things that we always keep in mind. Uh, well, it's funny. As, as a medical student, because you were taught to, to, to look for zebras, if you ask a medical student what is a cause of hyperthyroidism, most medical students will say struma ovaria. <laughs> 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 because because that's what they know, learn yeah. yeah yeah but that's what they learn in in uh, textbooks yeah you know yeah. Uh, 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 chapters on on uh, hyperthyroidism <laughs> is is there's always a big you know they make a big fuss about stroma ovaria even though most endocrinologists probably won't see one in their lifetime yeah because it's so rare <laughs> it's funny um you know there there are also things like um uh, hyperthyroidism of pregnancy, mm-hmm. and, and and we see that's this. pretty common. I feel yeah, and we yeah. and we and we see that a lot, and 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 that's because when you get pregnant, the HCG hormones share some uh, homologous uh, um, molecular structures to to TSH. Really? So so HCG, which is the 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 um, pregnancy hormone, can actually stimulate the thyroid to make more thyroid hormone. And this is one of the mechanisms how uh, pregnant women um, increase the the production of thyroid hormone to meet the demands of pregnancy. That's interesting. Yeah, because the sense. yeah because the demand of thyroid hormone pregnancy can go up quite significantly. Mm-hmm. You know, in my patient population, I've seen it gone up from like twenty five percent even up to fifty percent. Wow. More. Um, and, and, and this has to do with the change in the hormones in the body. This has to do with the protein binding, you know, because of course when the hormone binds to protein, it becomes uh, inactive. Yeah. And then, um, so now you need more hormones than to overcome that, to have enough free hormones. So HCG is one of the earliest ways that women stimulate their thyroid to make more thyroid hormones in pregnancy. But sometimes the HCG level is so high that they get overstimulation of the thyroid mm-hmm. and, they, and then they become hyperthyroid. And this can be avoided. This can be associated with what we call, um, you know, with, with excessive uh, nausea, vomiting, especially in the first trimester of so pregnancy. So that's what causes morning sickness, I guess, then, right? Right. It's one of yeah. the causes of that. Um, if it's more severe, you can develop hyperemesis gravidarum, which is just uh, excessive vomiting with pregnancy. You know, and, 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 and that can be quite severe. Uh, but luckily, HCG levels drop significantly by the time you hit second trimester. Mm-hmm. So most women with hyperemesis gravidarum do improve significantly by the time they get to the second trimester. Makes sense. Um, in the same line is that you can get what we call molar pregnancy, okay, where, where uh, you can get a, 
uh, a fertilized egg, but it doesn't have a viable fetus or embryo. Okay. But it still produces large amounts of HCG. Interesting. You know, and and, 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 and uh, uh, women can get extremely hyperthyroid from this. I feel like that's really rare. It's not common. Yeah. Um, you know, I have to get around to asking an OBGYN colleague to see how often it is. I, I, I know you see it sometimes. You know, is that you, you, you see these molar pregnancies, mm-hmm. and, um, but you can. But one of the first signs of it is you, you develop severe nausea and vomiting from from that. Interesting. Right. And and then there are other, you know, other causes like if you have a, uh, a what we call subacute thyroiditis, when you have a temporary inflammation of the thyroid. Um, so when you have an inflammation and destruction of thyroid tissue is that you start leaking out the stored thyroid hormone mm. uh, and, and, and that can cause temporary hyperthyroidism. Okay. Is there something usually associated with that inflammation or it's just so, kind of random? Uh, so different things can cause it. Uh, it's very popular during the postpartum period. Okay. So, so after giving birth and with all the changes in the hormones and the, the, the Im- your immune system is that you can develop this inflammation of the thyroid. I feel so bad for women. They have it so much harder than men. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, if you, if, you, if, if you look at what women have to put through with pregnancy. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, Just in uh, general. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. And then and if you look at the reproductive uh, system as a whole, you, 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 you wonder how people even get pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it's so complex. Yeah. It's like, yeah. You know, you know, cause uh, you know, so many conditions have to be just right. You mm-hmm. have to meet all the, the criteria, uh, to become pregnant. Yep. So, so, so sometimes when you look at it, you're like, wow, how do we even survive as a species? Yeah. Because, uh, um, um, cause my, my suspicion is with every pregnancy, there may be, many more failed pregnancies prior to that. Yeah. You know, they all failed fertilization or if it's fertilized, but then didn't implant properly. And yeah, just the amount of like sperm that the male releases, like it's, it's thousands, it's just thousands of sperm. Right. And it, and then they still have trouble. It's and, crazy. And to be consider, you know, to, um, we, you, we have to undergo fertility workup is mm-hmm. that, you know, minimum criteria for, spontaneous uh, uh, pregnancy is you have to have sperm count in the millions. Yep. So so just imagine you have to have millions of sperm just to have one pregnancy. Yep. And people (laughs) still have a hard time doing that. Yeah. So, so, you know, so, so if you have, uh, if you have uh, a low sperm count is that, you know, the, the, the chances of spontaneous pregnancy goes down significantly. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, so that's for hyperthyroidism. Uh, hypothyroidism, okay. Uh, of course, that that's sort of a, the abridged version. You know, uh, yeah. if we go over the whole list, it would probably take about you know a couple hours. I and, don't think you guys want to do that. And and I I don't know about you, my 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 attention span at most is about an hour. Yeah, I would <laughs> say that. <laughs> Sometimes it's ten minutes. Yeah. Um. So the other, uh, so let's talk about hypothyroidism. Mm-hmm. Okay, so hypothyroidism, by far 
the most common cause of hypothyroidism in developed country is autoimmune thyroiditis. Mm-hmm. Okay, or does that include you, Hashimoto's or would that because Hashimoto's is yeah, so so that's Hashimoto's. Right? Yeah, you know? okay. so, so so the other more common name that we associate it with is uh, Hashimoto's. Mm-hmm. Um, so so Hashimoto's is this uh, autoimmune inflammation of the thyroid, and we'll go over in a second. You know what is the possible mechanism that causes, you know, uh, uh, autoimmune thyroiditis. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but there are other causes, of course, if you had your thyroid surgically removed. Obviously, yeah. Okay, or if you had radioiodine ablation for hyperthyroidism, you know, that will cause hypothyroidism. Uh, less likely in this country, iodine deficiency. Mm-hmm. Okay, can cause hypothyroidism. That could cause uh, goiter too, right? Right, yeah. right, right, because you need a because you need enough iodine to make thyroid hormone. Yeah. Okay. So, so if you look at T four, so the reason why it's called T four is because it ha- needs four iodine, iodine. Yeah. you know, molecules or, mm-hmm. or ions, um, as as opposed to um, you know, T three needs three, but but all in all is that you need enough iodine to make thyroid hormone. Yeah. So if you're iodine deficient, you know, usually you're 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 Pituitary will try to stimulate the thyroid so much you, you usually end up with a big thyroid, mm-hmm. and then but you still have suboptimal production because you don't have iodine to make it right. complete hormone. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, on the other hand, if you have too much iodine, that can cause low thyroid too. Really? Yeah. It's uh. It's it's actually a we we think it's a protective mechanism. Uh, it's called the Wolf Chikoff effect. Interesting. Yeah. Um, but what the Wolf Chikoff effect is that is is that if you have too much iodine, or if you receive too much of an iodine load, your your thyroid actually shuts down. Hmm. You know, and 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 we think the mechanism for that is to protect your body against um, hyperthyroidism. So so we see this Good if theory. you if you get a CT scan when they give you that that contrast dye with CT scan, that's mm-hmm. usually a very high iodine load with that. Okay, people taking um, uh, amiodarone, which is a um, uh, which uh, which which is a arrhythmic so it keeps your heart in a regular rhythm. Okay. So with with um, with amiodarone, it has a very high iodine load. So patients on amiodarone, there's a high risk of developing actually both hyper and hypothyroidism. That's interesting. Okay. Um, while taking a antithyroid medication can cause hypothyroidism, okay, that's obvious. Yeah, uh, but but other things too, lithium, mm-hmm. you know, for bipolar. Lithium, condition. I heard of. Yep. yep, yep. Lithium for bipolar conditions can cause that. Uh, certain uh, cancer treatments, uh, especially the tyrosine kinase inhibitors. Okay. Okay. Though those can actually ablate the thyroid. Yeah. You know, they're actually toxic to the thyroid. And, 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 in fact, this class of medications now has been used for uh, people with treatment-resistant uh, thyroid cancer. Interesting. Okay, as a, as Makes a, sense. Right. Um, infiltrative diseases, okay, these are rare, but they can happen. Uh, fibrous thyroiditis, when you develop a uh, uh, infiltration of uh, scar tissue. Mm-hmm. Uh, hemochromatosis, this is when you have an infiltration of iron. So hemochromatosis is where your body cannot process iron and you develop excess iron. 
and it can uh, affect all different endocrine glands. Yeah. Okay, including the pituitary, thyroid, and the um, uh, especially in men, it can also affect your testicular function. Interesting. They're probably thinking anemic too, as well. Then, right? Well, they're actually the they actually don't appreciate. They they actually aren't anemic. Okay. You know, so so so. But a, a lot of them can have high hemoglobin levels. So I would actually have the reverse. Okay, right, gotcha. Right. But but they have a problem in terms of uh, um, processing and disposing the, iron. Uh, okay, makes yeah. sense. Um, other infiltrative diseases: sarcoidosis, mm-hmm. uh, which is an autoimmune condition. Uh, it's what we call granulomatous disease, where you have an infiltration of these uh, inflammatory cells into the thyroid, and that can destroy thyroid tissue. Um, and then there are congenital causes. Pe- some people are born without thyroid yeah. or born with a small thyroid or a defective thyroid. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, thyroid hormone. Um, uh, it, it, this is interesting. I, I, I may actually have a patient with this rare condition where they have thyroid hormone resistance. Wow. Yeah. So, so, so actually the... Um, Especially the body doesn't respond as well to thyroid hormones. So they need a extremely high level of T3 and T4 hmm. to maintain normal thyroid function. And and actually, that I think that's... that's my case as well, yeah. yeah. yeah in, in your case... Because I'm taking 240 milligrams of the MP thyroid. Now, right. what's, what's the average dose? So 240... Yeah, so 60 milligrams is about 100 micrograms of Synthroid. Okay. So you're taking about 400 micrograms. Wow. Okay. So, so yeah, so you, so you do have some resistance. Yeah. And my my thyroid levels, they're they're like a low normal, right? And it, last time you checked, well, we just, I just got blood work, so we'll see. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so your T3, T4 levels are within normal. Yeah. You know, of course, TSH is low because you don't make normal TSH. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, this is why... This is why you're co-hosting this show because you're a medical mystery. I'm unique. <laughs> you're unique. <laughs> you're the exceptional one yeah, percent. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. So 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 those are common. You know, some of the causes of hypothyroidism. Yeah. But one of the well, of course, autoimmune thyroid disease again by far. Most is common. is the most common yeah. cause of hyper and hypothyroidism. Yeah. Maybe we should explain what like autoimmune diseases are in general. Like, yeah. So, yeah. well, well. So, autoimmune disease is a condition where your 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 immune system, your body's own defense system, mm-hmm. uh, starts attacking certain parts of your body. Yeah. Okay. So, and it does uh, it by producing antibodies against it, right? Well, it could, kind of antibody- it? it could be antibodies. It could be that it triggers um, uh, uh, like cytotoxic cells or T cell, yeah. you know, activation. But but in in the end, the, the common mechanism is that it triggers a inflammatory response. Yeah. Um, so the more common ones, so like uh, rheumatoid arthritis, okay, is that you develop an immune response to to uh, Certain, uh, chem, uh, certain molecules, you know, associated with your joints. Yeah. Okay. Uh, lupus. What about gout? Is gout autoimmune? Gout is not autoimmune. Gout is caused it's by. Like an, it's like an allergy, maybe. Because well, 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 gout is caused by uh, your body's inability to get rid of uric acid or okay. overproduction of uric acid. Gotcha. So you, so you develop these, um, 
these these pointy crystals. Yeah, you know, it just sounds painful. <laughs> if you pointy it, crystals in your joints. Oh yeah, yeah, it's, it's 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 amazing. If you if you look at these crystals under a microscope, yeah, they they look like needles, oh. and and they look like they actually hurt. Yeah, you know? so. Yeah, so so uh, gout is a little bit different. Gout is more of a metabolic okay. condition. It, it's it's so it's also associated with being overweight or obese too. Um, healthy lifestyle, people. Yeah, healthy lifestyle. <laughs> it's a key. Yeah, I can't can't emphasize it enough. Right? Yeah. And I'm I'm pretty sure from watching our past talks, they they you know people are probably bored about hearing about healthy yeah. lifestyle. <laughs> it's like enough already. Move on. Tell us something fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so with autoimmune thyroiditis is basically your immune system is um, responding to your thyroid as it would a foreign substance. Yeah. Or bacteria or mm-hmm. virus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so it's causing this chronic inflammation yeah. within the thyroid. Um, so there are, so we don't really know what causes autoimmune thyroiditis. Okay, we, I feel like it's all genetics, and like I'm really a, a firm believer that right. you have these genes there, and right. I think that's what happened to me. My sister even spoke about it, mm-hmm. and you have these genes that you're predisposed to a certain condition, but they're not active, right. and then you know you, you overdo it, you have an unhealthy lifestyle, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, and enough stress causes these genes to turn on, and that's what you know causes these. Yeah, so diseases to develop. Yeah, so so that's one of the theories is 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 that you may inherit genes that make you more predisposed to autoimmune condition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's a a large uh, genetic component to um, autoimmune thyroid disease because mm-hmm. if you look at genetic uh, siblings, so if your sister has uh, thyroid disease, you're at greater than twenty. You're, you're 20 times the risk of developing thyroid disease. Which makes sense so that we both have yeah. issues with that. Right. And uh, even if you look at identical twins, they have about 30 to 60% concordance rate. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's actually fairly high. It's really high, okay. yeah. And, and if you look at genetic, uh, certain genetic syndromes, uh, if you look at Down syndrome or Turner syndrome, so Down syndrome... Uh, so, so if you look at these two, is that they have a a higher risk of autoimmune thyroid disease. Mm-hmm. So, so all this just points to a, a higher genetic predisposition, and also we know that women develop thyroid disease more than men do. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was always wondering if that was how to deal with the hormones and the estrogen and everything. Yeah, so 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 it might it, it might deal with the hormones itself. It might just do with uh, well. In general, women are just more complex than we are. Much more. <laughs> Props to so, you, women. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so so women are at five times the risk of developing thyroid disease than men. Yeah, uh, that um, makes sense. Right. Yeah, but um, there are other theories out there, you know, other than genetics. Mm-hmm. There, There's this whole idea of um, molecular mimicry. Okay. Okay, so what that means is that you are infected by a virus or bacteria that somehow has similar antigens to what your thyroid makes. So antigens are the surface molecules that your immune system reacts to. Mm-hmm. So, so, so let's say if you have a virus and it produces a very similar molecular ca- uh, structure to, to some of your thyroid cells, well, the the immune response you develop to that may cross-react and actually re- 
react with their thyroid. That reminds me of something else that I read about. Um, you've heard of leaky gut syndrome, right? Yeah. So uh, it was a so that's kind of the reason I stopped eating gluten and things like that and just try to eat like a really clean diet, healthy lifestyle. Right. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there was a theory that I read in uh, one of these books that was saying in leaky gut syndrome, essentially you have holes in your gut lining due to you know either gluten or food intolerances and this and that, and whole pieces of food protein actually leak out into your bloodstream. And some of these proteins, because they have the same molecular shape of, let's say, the, the antigens on your thyroid. And then yeah. it sees this protein as foreign, so it starts producing antibodies against it. But then, again, it crosses over to the thyroid as well. Right. And that's what can cause it. Um, yeah, so, it, so it could be anything. Yeah. You know, it could be anything that sort of mimics a molecular structure with the thyroid yeah. or, or any other uh, uh structure in the body, yeah. you know, for autoimmune disease. Which makes total sense. Right. Yeah. Um, the the other theory is what they call a bystander activation, mm -hmm. is that if you get a certain inflammation, let's say somehow you develop a certain inflammation in the thyroid, whether that is a reaction to a viral infiltration, so you get thyroiditis, it, it, is that then it leads to further inflammatory response. Okay, which then that makes uh, sense. right, which then leads to the autoimmunity yeah uh, issue. So, so though those are you know possible mechanisms that could precipitate this. Um, other things that we know, genetic susceptibility. We talked about mm -hmm. you know if you're uh, if you have a, a family history of thyroid disease, you're at higher risk. Uh, thyroid injury. So this includes infection, radiation, certain types of medications that, mm -hmm. that can cause thyroiditis. And the, and the thought of this is that it exposes uh, different areas of your thyroid to your immune system. Because usually when you look at an organ system, an organ system is very well encapsulated. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, it's very well packaged and wrapped, and it's, it's sort of separate. It doesn't get exposed the innards of your organ system doesn't ex gets exposed to to your blood or to your immune system mm -hmm. so so let's say if you have an injury rather you know uh, whether this is from infection radiation or certain drugs is that now it's exposing your inner substances okay chemicals to mm -hmm. to your immune system and you may generate an immune response because of that that makes sense, right? Yeah, and, and and then and then that will lead to further, you know, immune responses to the rest of your thyroid. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, sex steroids, like we mentioned, women, ETG. right? Yeah. Women greater than men in terms of um, uh, autoimmune conditions. Mm -hmm. um, I, I I don't uh, I I don't think we know yet what. Is it about sex steroids? I wonder if because it? like an HCG essentially mimics LH and FSH, right? Well, well, yeah. I mean, HCG, LH, FSH, TSH all have share uh, um, similar. So I'm um, wondering is because chemicals, uh, a molecular structure. Yeah. So since females they have their monthly menstruation and those values go up and down, I'm wondering if there's some correlation because of that that females have. Hey. Your guess is as good yeah. as mine. Uh -huh. <laughs> Just a thought. <laughs> uh, pregnancy mm -hmm. increases your risk of autoimmune conditions mm -hmm. um, uh, because, uh, again, uh, especially popular during that postpartum period. Yeah. 
And, and that's the period when your body is returning back to its normal hormonal state, when your body's returning uh, back to its normal um, auto uh, 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 immunologic state, mm-hmm. is that sometimes you may get some cross-reactivity there. Yeah. Okay. And interesting enough, iodine, if you have too much iodine, it actually puts you at a higher risk of autoimmune thyroid disease. Really? Yeah, so, huh. so so that's interesting. So some studies have suggest that. And th- the last thing we'll spend more time talking about this too is stress. Mm-hmm. Stress is actually listed as precipitating causes. I think that's what caused mine, uh, to and, be honest. And I, and, I, and I think that's true for a lot of autoimmune conditions. Yeah. You know, if you don't sleep well, if you're stressed, a lot of autoimmune condi- conditions actually get exacerbated. I feel like any... Any sickness or disease, even the common cold, it, it suppresses your immune system. Right. So it's, yeah. Right. So healthy lifestyle, people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but this brings us to this interesting article that was just published uh, prob- a week and a half ago. This was published in the journal Thyroid. And this is looking at hypothyroidism related to work hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, this is, just brings it back to the whole idea of stress is that uh, this is a study that's done in, uh, in Korea, okay, looking at um, the working community and looking at the prevalence of thyroid disease within this working community. Yeah. So what they found that, that, that people who work 53 to 83 hours per week are two and a half times more likely to develop thyroid disease. It's crazy. Than people who work 36 to 42 hours per week. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, and and then, um, and then for each additional 10 hours per week that you work, okay, that's, so let's say you normally work 30 hours per week and, okay. now you, and, 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 and now you decide to work at 40 hours per week. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a, there's a, a increased odds for hypothyroidism by a, by another forty six percent. That's insane, right? Which is, I mean, that's that's, that's a, almost half. That's, that's pretty high odds. Yeah. And it's almost like a fifty percent increase. Yeah, you know, just yeah. by increasing your work week by 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 um, ten hours. Yeah. Okay. And and I was choking with a patient recently. I told them, as a uh, responsible endocrinologist, I cannot condone you know work hours more than twenty hours a week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So. Well, there's even studies coming out now showing that like the four day work week is it's so beneficial for the just the human body and the human mind. Right. All right. And 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 if you look at these um, sort of pilot studies looking at shorter work week, is that pe- people are not are not less productive. They're actually more productive. They're they're actually more productive per hour. Yeah. Because they're 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 actually concentrating more and getting their work done, mm-hmm. so that they can have a longer weekend. Yep. Um. So so if you have a longer work week, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're more productive. It just means you are doing things to. To to sort of burn time a little yeah, bit more, kill time, exactly. right? Right, right. Because if you have, you know, if you have to work forty hours per week, if you have to be there five days a week, but you only have thirty hours of work to actually do, right? Yeah. So, so you're gonna find something to do for those, you know, ten hours, yeah, burn those 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 couple hours. Yep. So, yeah. So, so this is interesting because this is um, probably the first study 
I've 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 read that really tied work stress with the development of a certain autoimmune condition. Yeah. No, you know, which 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 in this case is is thyroid disease. Yeah. And it makes total sense because it's increased stress. You're probably sleeping less. You have less time to recover. You're probably also, if you're working that much, you're not eating that well. So you know, that, that could also correlate with a less unhealthy diet. And it all adds up. So it totally makes sense. Yeah. And yeah. you're probably, yeah, you're, so you're uh, like you said, you're, you're probably eating more fast food. Yep. Because you're at For work. For convenience. Right, right. Because yeah. you're at work. You have to grab something quickly. Mm-hmm. You're probably eating things that are not as healthy for you. Mm-hmm. Um, less sleep, which we know is uh, now is associated with higher inflammatory factor too. Yep. yep. So, yeah. So, so this, this, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping more studies like this will come out. Yeah. You know, as as, as a way to sort of maximize our health versus work. And I'm more hoping that something is and done about it. Right. <laughs> more and importantly. Yeah, and, and it's. Um, you know, you know, it's it, it, it's something I always wondered about: is is as a society, are we are we becoming workaholics? Oh, totally. You know, and that that this this is another you know discussion all all of its own. Yeah. Is is well, one is why are we working so hard? <laughs> <laughs> and all the time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It means we should have been we should, we should be relaxing more just to maximize our health. Yeah. Yeah. And productivity, right? On top of that, so you know, one of the questions I always get asked, especially when I diagnose somebody with Hashimoto's or autoimmune thyroid disease, mm-hmm. is what can I do to change it? You know, is there is there a certain dietary regimen that you would recommend that would help? change the course of of this autoimmunity healthy lifestyle oh healthy lifestyle <laughs> <laughs> we should patent that yeah. <laughs> but but you know it but as far as as far as studies go to look at certain diets as, as it affects the thyroid there there really aren't that many yeah, you know, and, and in fact, uh, prior to this, I was scouring the 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 internet looking for any studies that look at correlating, you know, diet with thyroid disease, mm-hmm. and all I could find is probably one study, really, yeah, you know, or or maybe one and a half studies, <laughs> and 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 these are you know all published in more obscure medical journals, you know, um, but. You know, here's here's a study that does show um, that there may be a benefit of eating a gluten free diet. Okay. You know, with with uh, autoimmune disease. I feel like that's with any autoimmune disease. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And you know what what sort of triggers these studies is that there's a high correlation between autoimmune thyroid disease and celiac disease. Mm-hmm. So celiac disease is when you develop a um, uh, uh, Allergy or in, or, or sensitivity towards gluten, mm-hmm. which is found in 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 all wheat products. Okay. So, so with that is that you 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 uh, do develop um, uh, a immune response in your small bowels that then obliterates these absorptive surfaces. Mm-hmm. So so in effect you develop uh, malnutrition. 
because now you can't absorb uh, uh, the 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 uh, nutrients, the um, um, the anti-inflammatory factors that that you need, or just you know macronutrients in general yeah. from 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 your nutrition. Yeah. Okay. So this study actually shows that if you go on a a gluten-free diet, is that some patients do see a improvement in, ter- in, in, in terms of their antibody titers. Yeah. Well, I remember when I first was diagnosed, and um, you actually recommended to me to try going out gluten. Mm-hmm. And that was right around the time I started, you know, doing CrossFit, and then they were big on paleo at the time, so right. like, paleo was naturally gluten-free. And I remember I stopped eating gluten totally. And I don't know if you remember, but I was like, I want to try not taking the medication. And you were right. like, if you want, get ahead, you know. But um, so I did. And for, I would say, probably about like three or four months, I felt fine. Yeah. And then I just hit a wall and I crashed and we got, yeah. we did blood work again and my levels are way down. So I'm yeah. wondering if like, you know, when I did that, it kind of gave my pituitary like one last kick to work and then it just kind of puttered out <laughs> yeah well, well we but don't know we yeah don't, we, we don't know i mean maybe you maximize whatever benefit you know the, whatever capability your body is able to to function yeah 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 remember that time i yeah i think i told you knock yourself out you know yeah you were like <laughs> you were like uh my advice against it but do whatever you want <laughs> have fun with it yeah i was on this like this anti-medication thing and everything natural so yeah it's like have fun with it but if you feel like crap come back <laughs> yeah. and we'll do something about it. and i was back <laughs> yeah but it, you know it, it's it's interesting too because 10 15 percent of people with positive thyroid antibodies their their thyroid function never gets worse yeah. or 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 never progresses That's interesting. and 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 we don't know what uh what the factor is mm. that that determines whether it progresses or not progresses um, the bigger question is, does thyroid antibody levels actually correlate with the severity of your thyroid, thyroid disease? function? Yeah. Right. Which, which a lot of times it doesn't, you yeah. know, I, I, I have thyroid, I have patients who come in with, um, uh, uh thyroid peroxidase antibody levels that are 2000 and they're still maintaining normal thyroid function, Interesting. you know, yeah. or I have somebody come in and just like minimally elevated and they're profoundly hypothyroid so so i think there's a lot of questions there that needs to be answered is is that um you know especially when papers like this come out and they look specifically at the titers of thyroid hormone Mm -hmm. is 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 that does does that really correlate to your disease condition or or is that just the number maybe just well well, let me put it this way if if everybody ate a gluten-free diet they would be healthier. Yeah, this is true. Because <laughs> gluten by itself is a, 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 a inflammatory factor. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you if you eat gluten by itself, is that it, it is going to induce a higher inflammatory response in your body and probably destroy your stomach. <laughs> right, right. So, 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 so when you look at studies like this, is that well, is it is it really improving the thyroid disease or is it just cooling off your immune system mm-hmm. so so that your immune system is not as active that's an excellent point actually right that's right. probably that's probably the case of it because that's why you know people who do go gluten free a lot of other ailments that they have seem to disappear right and and i yeah i can say you know most people who go on a gluten free diet 
after two or three weeks, we'll feel terrific. I, I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I remember the change. It was like night and day. Right. It was right. crazy. And, it, and, it, and it's just a matter of, matter of you, know, um, you know, if you could keep yourself from the temptations yeah. of, of going back on, a, you know, on gluten. I feel like it's pretty easy now because they have so many gluten-free products. Right, because everything is labeled now. Yeah, and if you don't have celiacs, and let's say you want a piece or two of pizza one day, if you do it once, it's not going to really cause much, you know, derailment. Yeah, but you can never just have one slice of pizza. This is true. You know, well, let me take that back. If it's a New York's... Yeah, those are pretty Size big pieces. Slices. <laughs> or the ones that ones down the shore. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah Remember you have the seaside ones pizza, the pieces were like the oh, yeah. size of this. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like I mean, that's one get, slice. Yeah, yeah, I mean down the shore you get like one slice. It's yeah. like the, the the size of a whole pizza. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good too. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I I I think what it means is that we, we just we still need more studies. Yeah. Okay, look looking at these factors mm-hmm. and not so much just concentrating on the antibody level itself, you know, and and and, and sometimes it, it may even require it to be a little bit more invasive. Mm. Okay, maybe it would require serial biopsies of your thyroid. Yeah, to take a look at these actual immune cells or or, or these inflammatory cells in mm-hmm. the thyroid. You know, because with Hashimoto's is that it's it's characterized by what we call a lymphocytic infiltration. Mm-hmm. So you have these lymphocytes that are occupying most of your thyroid, you know, causing uh, initially pockets of lymphocytes, but eventually your whole thyroid gets taken over by these lymphocytes. So, so, so maybe it will require, you know, serial core biopsies to really look at... Um, whether you have less lymphocytes, mm-hmm. okay. So is you know, um, so instead of just measuring these these antibody levels, which which sometimes it's it's variable, mm-hmm. you know, it's variable depending on the status of your body. Um, this is another study looking at the nu- nutrients, okay, nutrition that's been associated with with thyroid or autoimmune thyroid disease, or more specifically Hashimoto's, okay. So this the this review article concentrates on iodine, which are, we already touched on mm-hmm. before. Um, but the other lesser known is selenium and vitamin D. Okay. Okay, because they find uh, because prior studies have shown that uh, patients with Hashimoto's tend to have lower selenium level and lower vitamin D level. Yeah. I feel like vitamin D just in, impacts so much on the body. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so so both of these, both vitamin D and selenium, has been found in prior in, in other studies to have anti-inflammatory effects. Okay. Okay. Um, but again, with a with an article like this, you know, then it makes you wonder. Well, is it the selenium deficiency and the vitamin deficiency yes. that that causes the thyroid disease? Too many variables there, so you can't really. Or yeah. or it's the thyroid disease. And possibly, you know, it's associated gluten intolerance, you mm-hmm. know, or, or other, you know, bowel inflammations then causes um, the vitamin D yeah. and then selenium deficiency. So, so, so it's the you know, question about which one's first, you know, yeah. the egg or the chicken. And what's the correlation? Exactly. Right. Yeah. right, yeah. right. So, so, so this is why when, you know, we started this, I said, we know 
quite a bit about thyroid, but we only know the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, we don't know what's actually and, causing it. And that's because a lot of thing, these things we don't know. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, when patients ask me what, what causes autoimmune thyroid disease, I don't know. If you, Bad luck. Yeah, yeah. If you live a healthy life, healthy lifestyle. If you, <laughs> if you, if you live a a, a a healthy lifestyle, okay. Eat the right things. Um, never have any stress in your life. Yeah. Okay, and never bear children. <laughs> then, then your risk of thyroid disease is fairly low. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean that's. <laughs> I mean, I mean, basically, with all these studies, with our knowledge, that mm-hmm. that's the only thing I can tell you. Yeah, you know, but 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 in terms of um, you know treatments to prevent autoimmune thyroid disease, is that we we don't know. Yeah, you know, we we you know, let's say if you have a strong family history, your grandmother, your mother, your older sister all have you know thyroid disease, and 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 then you decide you want to prevent it. Well, the only thing I can tell you now is healthy lifestyle. Health, healthy lifestyle. <laughs> you know, that's the only thing I can tell you. Yeah. You know, you know, because because again, most likely you're not iodine deficient. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you're eating your dairy products, your seafood, your shellfish, you know, those those will provide enough i you know uh, enough iodine. Yeah. So, so most likely adding more iodine to your diet is not going to be beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um. And and that's about it, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. and and again, uh, 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 not a strong association between gluten and uh, and and thyroid disease, you know. The except for the the, the autoimmune, the autoimmune component yeah, yeah. is that you know there is a high correlation between Hashimoto's and celiac disease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so the, the, these are the challenges. Lots to look the, into. Yeah, you know, you know the the these are the challenges we have in 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 terms of. Decreasing, you know, may, maybe preventing the development of thyroid disease. Yeah, you know, and 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 one of the things too, and I've you know, this is one of the debate I have with my colleagues is that there there hasn't been a lot of studies looking at diet and thyroid disease. Thi- diet and thyroid disease, because everybody thinks that we have thyroid hormone replacement. Yeah. So what's the point, you know? Just covering it up, yeah. Yeah, if you have thyroid disease or thyroid falls low, you just replace it. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you, you just replace it and you're good as new. So, so, so what's the point in doing all this research, looking at how, how, how you can prevent it in the first place? Just throw a band-aid on it. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you're right. And that's what we spoke about earlier. It's getting to the picture of why, not just covering something up. Right. Yeah. Right. So it it's it's really again I hate to you know beat it to death, but it's really about your lifestyle. Yep. Okay. Your your work stress, your life stress, your nutrition. Mm-hmm. Okay. All of these contribute to this underlying inflammatory state. Uh, so, yeah, there's no easy way around it, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I would. But know. there is one way. Yeah. Healthy lifestyle. <laughs> That's the one way. <laughs> Healthy lifestyle, with 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 uh with 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 Nick's face attached to it, <laughs> and a martini in my hand, and a, and a martini, and then and then and, and then we'll patent that. <laughs> ah, too funny. <laughs> yeah. So, 
Yeah, but I think we should do another segment, you know, just on thyroid treatment alone. Yeah, that'd be you exciting. Know, because there, you know, there's there's a lot of controversy looking in that into mm-hmm. that too, and 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 the controversy between you know synthetic thyroid hormone versus natural, you know, or you know porcine. Yeah, you know, I, which uh, is pig. Yeah, not <laughs> natural is a tricky word. Yeah, because I always tell people it's it's natural if you're a pig. You yes. Yeah. So. <laughs> Because <laughs> anything that has to be compounded into exactly. a pill, yeah. by definition, is yeah. not natural after all. But, but you know the the benefits of of you know synthetic, the benefits of of, of more, I guess you'll call it organic. Maybe, maybe yeah. not organic, because I guess organic has a different meaning of its own. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what you would call it. <laughs> not chemically <laughs> made in a lab. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so so that's something we'll 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 uh, discuss further. Yeah. And, and I've been on both, so. Yeah. Yeah, and you can share your experience yeah. with, with with us about how it, how it how totally. it goes. Yeah. Sounds yeah. good. All right. Cool. So, well, thank you for joining us again. Thank you for hopefully, listening. Hopefully hopefully next time by 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 next time our distance here will get keep 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 getting shorter. Yeah. And then I think I think it will be, yeah. <laughs> And don't forget, uh, healthy lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, like we've mentioned earlier on the prior episodes is that if you have any suggestions or if you have anything. Um, or topics. That, and any topics related to endocrinology you would like us to discuss further, uh, please let us know. Um, you can either email us, uh, optimisticrealistmd at gmail.com, or you can just leave a comment for us um, in, 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 in terms of what you are interested in learning more about. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. And, and we'll keep bringing you uh, interesting martinis with uh, each uh, episode too. Yeah. Uh, That's the best part. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Until next time. Have a good one. Take care. (laughs) Bye.